Welcome to the DYM Podcast. This is one of your hosts. My name is Andy Fiore, along with Dutch Butler himself, Mr. <laughs> Sean Donnelly. How you doing over there, Sean? Hey, how are you? How's it going out there in uh, Dimwit Nation? How's everybody doing? We're so excited. We're actually getting a little bit... Uh, if you're in New York, where uh, we had this crazy heat wave, and, and today has gotten a little bit better. Uh, man, people were ready to like... Like I, I almost like snapped on somebody on the street. They almost hit me with their car, and I almost fucking threw a bottle in their wet their window. And I, I was like, <laughs> just I'm the it was getting to me because I only have, I have an AC, but the AC doesn't work that well. Like when it's over a certain certain level, your AC. Yeah, what'd you say? You need the Commando Eight. <laughs> the Commando Eight has arrived. Um. So we had a bad heat wave, and now uh, we're getting a little bit of a reprieve from that. It's getting better. It's a little bit warm, a little bit uh, cooler outside. Still kind of humid. So I am just glad to be able to like not be sweating my balls off uh, immediately while we're doing this. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a hot one out here. People react like how uh, like Jerry and George during the contest. You know, they're <laughs> snapping at each other. Going, what, what are we doing here? What, what are, are we doing? doing? <laughs> Uh, I am uh, so glad to see you. I, how is your week, oh, my friend? How is? I know you've been watching. Uh, you watched hockey playoffs, but you don't. You don't have a, lot a of hockey. You don't have a team in the fight, but you still love the sport enough that you're watching. You know, I love the sport of hockey. I don't have a dog in the fight, but I root for who I hate the least. Which we're down to the Stanley Cup Finals against the uh, the Montreal Canadiens against the Tampa Bay. Lightning. I don't love either of the teams, but I hate Tampa Bay the least out of those two. So do you have a is your number one hated team, the Islanders? Yes. Really? Yes. That's pretty interesting because you well, you're, you still live in New York. Yeah, but hockey's my number one sport, so therefore the Rangers are my number one team, so that number one rival is the Islanders. So stands to reason. You know, and being a New Jersey guy, you didn't want to go for the devil. Well, I think we've covered this before. It we actually did, yeah. does have something to do. Oh, with that's TV right. I and, forgot. And I movies. Forgot. So yeah, it we does did. kind of, you know, I, I grew up MSG Network came in on our package. Sports Channel was a premium channel, which the Devils yes. came on. I forgot the reasoning in 1982. So, yeah, I didn't have access to the Devils. So it really wasn't by choice. Um that's the, the the long short of it. So yeah, uh, Tampa Bay beat the Islanders. I was happy to see that, and uh, yeah, I just am watching the finals just to watch the finals. I don't think Montreal stands a chance. They're down two nothing in the series at the time of this taping, but uh, yeah, it's all right. Tampa Bay so good, and uh, you know people have issue. They've I don't want to get into a whole technical thing, but they kind of skirted the salary cap in a very weird way where they weren't really breaking any rules because they were following. The uh, the kind of 
a rule set in place for long-term injured reserve and stuff like that. They brought a guy back for the playoffs because it doesn't affect the salary cap. And I'm speaking to the three Dimwit Nation Islanders fans right, right now. <laughs> but uh, people were up in arms about that. They got oh, these guys cheated, don't they? And they didn't really cheat. They just got creative. But people they, up they skirted they skirted the rules, right? They 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 they, they really didn't though, because they if you look, they go they're doing everything by the book. Ah, the rules say you can leave this guy off and then bring him back for the playoffs, which is exactly what they did. Then they're not really breaking the rules. I think the people should have a problem with the rules and not the team for finding a way to, yes, I guess skirt would be the correct. While we're on sports right now, Andy, let me ask you a quick question. I was at the Comedy Cellar last night, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think very big football fan Mike Yard, hilarious dude. Um, He's there at the Cellar on a uh, weekly basis. And uh, I walk in, and Rory Albanese, also a very funny man, uh, I walk in, and they're having a discussion. They go, let's ask Sean. And then right away, they go into a sports question. And you know me. I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. I I really kind of look like a sports guy. I do. I kind of panicked. I was like, I'm I'm like, this might be a technical thing that I just don't know. And I'm going to look like a fucking idiot in front of these guys. It's a whole table of guys, Keith Robinson, all these guys. And the question he asked was, uh, he goes, okay, if you are drafted by an NFL team and you play in one preseason NFL game, but then you're cut before the regular season, can you call yourself a member of that team and say you played for the NFL? My knee-jerk reaction was, Yes, you were drafted by the team. You're on the team. And the Mike Yard is like, yes, but there's no record of you playing for the team because they don't keep track of the stats of those games. So yeah. my question to you is, and then Rory and Keith were like, yes, he, they agree with me. They're like, you're part of the team. I wanted to ask you because you're a bigger sports guy than I am. Where do you stand on that? Are you I, part of the team if you get cut right before regular season? Yeah, you are always going to just have to tell that story. That's always going to be the way, you know, because there's going to be no record of you. And I agree that, yeah, you got drafted and you made it so far, which is an extraordinary accomplishment. Extraordinary. Yeah. But if you tell your grandkids, you go, yeah, you know, Grandpa Dutch played for the Jets in 2009 and they go to the record books. They go, I I don't see you. You go, well, I, I got cut before, you know, week one. But it, sound, it sounds made up. It sounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's always yeah. going to be an asterisk next to your story. You know, you just have to, like, oh, they had a record of it. It's lost in a fire. It just make up some shit or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, Only um, the most hardcore fans will remember, you know, because that is actually a big thing. And it is speaking of watching things. It's coming up. Um, the NFL draft now has live attendance. And it's right. like one of the biggest rated programs. People for love it. Year. People yeah. love it. So like there will be people who will know you yes. because they're hardcore like statisticians. They'll be like, it, oh, yeah, I was Rashawn Donnelly's Jets fifth round draft pick in 1998. That's another that's a great point, man. And that's the point. Like a lot of people know these draft picks. They stick in their memories more than anybody else because right, right. They it was such a televised, especially now, like you say, it was such a big televised event. Yeah. Like uh, they freak out like during uh, COVID, they were home with their families, got the jersey there. They're all losing their minds when they're picked yeah. these teams, yeah. whatever it is. So oh, God, can you imagine getting that far just one week away? You go, hey, sorry, uh, your dreams are dead. Uh, <laughs> that would suck. But ah, I do think why. Far- go ahead. I- I think you're part of the team. Like, because here's the thing you can't call it you being drafted for the team if it's like, hey, you're not officially part of the team unless you play a regular season game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say keep keep those pay stubs with the the logo on it 
when you get the paycheck and that'll prove anything. You know, but of course, when they asked me the question uh, immediately, you know what my answer was, was Ray Finkel part of the Dolphins? That's what I said. I could Finkel count. If Finkel counted, then yeah, you can. Sure. <laughs> Dude, that's why Hard Knocks is such a great show. But those moments when these kids are getting cut is so hard to watch. Oh, what is Hard Knocks? Hard Knocks is the long-running HBO series. It's they basically 24-7 behind the scenes of NFL training camps. And it's a different team every year. And it's great. It's like, um, you know how HBO Sports does it. They knock it out of the park. No pun intended. But uh, they, they get all access and they are in the room. The cameras are in the room when, uh, you know, it goes, oh, I just got a text from Coach. He wants me to go have a meeting with him. And they show... The head coach is having to be like, hey, man, we think we really think the world of you, but uh, we're going to have to let you go. And it's oh, just heartbreaking. God. Do they follow them, jump, jump out a window immediately after they're <laughs> yeah. Like, well, actually, like, yeah. <laughs> like, just get the whole entire story. Yeah, hard knocks turns into faces of death. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because here's the thing, man. Like, I was never a sports guy. Everybody knows that. If you listen to this podcast, I, I, I'm interested at, at a base level, and I'm interested more for nostalgia than anything else. Hence, the Mets had. Hence, the little tiny things I know each year about a couple of different sports. You were always excited but, about mathematics as a child. <laughs> yes. I would go to the dodecahedron training camp every yeah. uh the Pythagorean theorem yeah. fest was the, the the talk of the town each each <laughs> yeah when Shani and I go on road trips he gives me little problems he goes now solve for why <laughs> I root for integers. That's I root for integers. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so but I think it takes for a guy for the guys who get when you when you're when you have like that type of personality, that sports type of personality and you get to a certain point in that world and then it's just taken away from you. I, 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 I don't know for, I have no stats for this, but there's gotta be a suicide rate that happens with that. Right. There's gotta be something not only for that, but I think NFL because of all the CTE stuff has the highest suicide rate of any pro sport post post NFL career. These guys are just, you know, shooting themselves in the chest because they got hit in the head 25 times a fucking down. They they have to find a life post NFL. I've seen on, I watch, Shark Tank is my sports. If you get a deal, you've won the you know the Super Bowl of Shark Tank. And I um I watched so much Shark Tank a couple of different times. They've had ex NFL players on, and they're like, "Well, played for a few years with the Rams. Had to figure out yeah. what to do afterwards. Took my money from football and turned it into this this ribs business. One guy had a ribs yeah, business, yeah. like like whatever it was. So it's so funny how like that's the that's the part of like big professional things like show business or sports that people don't want to hear about the middle class a- mm-hmm. aspect of it where you're like, Hey, you, it was taken away with you from you pretty quick. Hey, you were successful for a couple of years and then it kind of fell off. Like, or you were able to play the couple of exhibition games and you had to figure out something else to do. Like, yeah. that must be so hard if your whole life is football. And then I don't know. They're like, you're not a football player. Like you've yeah. been, you've been 20 oh. years from peewee league to now they've been training you to be a pro. And then now it's like, Okay, now now go be an insurance salesman or something right, like that. Right. You know, I certainly didn't study in college. I went there, but you know, football players obviously have no other skills. No, exactly, for the most That's part, what Ballers yeah. was all about. We just talked. To, I just watched that whole series. Ball. It was mm-hmm. all about life after the NFL for these guys. So, yeah, and like other sports, that probably has the shortest lifespan of careers. You know, football. Of, oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, baseball. What's the longest? Baseball? I would say no. baseball. Yeah. Yeah, baseball is probably baseball the is least long. taxing on the body. Yeah. Uh, hockey's, Besides golf. Golf's pretty long. But yeah, right, right. It's yeah, not golf. contact. It's not contact. Like golf or bowling, you know. Golf or bowling. Bowling, you start when you are retired. Like those bowling guys, they just... <laughs> yeah. They look like they're oh, like <laughs> talk about a dream for the cool breeze. <laughs> they should just <laughs> they should just throw like they're like if bowlers are like we're professional athletes, like they should just throw them into an NFL training camp to see what how far professional bowlers would get. Yeah. They'd make it to the buffet. <laughs> that's like Kramer. His dream is to be on the senior PGA tour. He goes, Jerry, oh, that's the dream, buddy. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld. I'm coming in real hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. Uh, hot and heavy. That's Careful one. on that cord, baby, over there. <laughs> what did you say? You're clicking and clacking with that cord. Oh, over it's there. going? Shoot. All right. Yeah. How about now? Now you're good. It's when you when you get that Sean move around. You know, I got I got, I got the ADD uh, uh, yeah. back and forth that I got going. You're rocking like an autistic kid over there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you um, this. I noticed your name was Dutch Butler this weekend. Uh, it's because of the thing that I watched. Okay. All right. So it's it's after Gerard Butler, who I think okay. is a a fine movie actor. I think he's a fine sure. movie actor. You but I'll, I'll off lately. Uh, yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons. Uh, I don't know if it's just the type of movies he was making. Uh, maybe they're not as like uh, wanted by the public anymore. But I watched this thing on Netflix, um, or was it HBO, HBO Max or something? That was like popular movies, and I was uh-huh. like, all right. And it was a movie called Greenland. Have you heard of oh, this movie? No, I have not. Who probably the best unintentional comedy of 2020. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It was a disaster movie. So it was like a comet hitting the earth movie. Okay. And the script was so bad. It was like the script is so bad. You know who's in it? The girlfriend from uh, Deadpool, who is like so gorgeous. Uh, I forget her name. She was also oh, in, um, yeah. She's Homeland. in Homeland. She plays the oh, wife. Yeah. Gee, Yamahama. Yeah, Muhammad's right. I exactly. love her, whatever her name is. Yeah, she's been in a few things, and every time you just want to, oh, run to the bathroom. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and brush your teeth, right? And, and, uh, a, shower, a cold shower. <laughs> so anyway, so I watched this movie, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's like fun, like fun action movie. Gerard Butler's fun to watch. Like, you know, him, him and uh, he's in a lot of bad movies. Like, he's in... Law-abiding citizen, but that's a fun bad movie. That's a fun bad movie, yeah. Yeah, Just, this you know. one was like laugh. Law-abiding citizen was like, I'm taking this ride. This was let me off at this stop here. This was like, like you're watching it going, I shouldn't even be watching this, but it's so bad. I want to see what they're gonna do with it, how they're gonna get, you know, whatever. Right. What point they're right. gonna get to? Basically, He's in those like, has fallen movies too. Like, yes. they're all like. Well, same director. Whatever this, has it, fallen. Yes. Uh, Olympus has fallen and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, here's this. Okay. So there it is. There you go. That's them just watching the comment about the hit them. It's a poster of the kid. <laughs> and then the kid, they get. So it's a yeah. family. It's an estranged husband with his wife and the kid. And uh, it's you see the tension between them in the the opening part of the movie, and then he gets over there, and already it's in the action that like, hey, this comic, this comet is going to breeze by Earth, but they've lied to the public. The real truth is that pieces of this thing is going to hit Earth and cause like destruction, and then they find out that it's going to cause extinction level destruction. But because Gerard Butler is a structural engineer. He would be needed for the future, so he gets the only cool part was this the, is the, the fucking plot of 
the Simpsons episode, Bart's Comet. <laughs> it's the same exact fucking plot. That was a better movie than this fucking movie. Of course, that's a genius episode. <laughs> but they all are in Flanders' fucking bombshells are going, okay, so the people we need for the future are. Yeah, and they start making the list. Yeah, same and fucking plot. Still got one of my favorite um, um, Simpsons lines of all time when he goes, at the end, somewhere in the middle of the episode, he went with the comet. Homer goes, "Don't worry, it'll burn up in our atmosphere and it, down to the size of nothing more than a chihuahua's head." And then the the comet comes down, burns up in the atmosphere. It lands. It's a little ball. A chihuahua comes over, goes, ar, ar, and then runs away. And then <laughs> Bart goes, "You know what's even scarier? Dad was right." And then Homer goes, "I know, kids. I'm scared too." <laughs> <laughs> That episode is a classic. It, it, it introduces us to the nerd group uh, email cosine database. And yeah. then Lisa just goes, and I'm Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Your name will be Cosmos. Hi, Cosmos. <laughs> there it is, Mikey. Buster Palm, quick on the key. There it is. Buster Palm. There it is. Chihuahua. The Chihuahua Great episode because it involves all the townspeople. I love a big townspeople episode. Just it, everybody in Flanders's uh, bomb shelter is such when they're just playing the, the the farmyard animal, the barnyard animal noise guessing game and is just so funny. And then Homer saying the one person we won't need is Flanders and then apologizing. He's like, the one thing we won't need in the future is left-handed stories. He goes, I'm so sorry. We all know Flanders. He goes, I'm really sorry. It's so he's looking his kid directly in the face. <laughs> great classic episode i will always remember this episode not to get too blue and hot and steamy here but it's hot outside so uh let's get a little sensual i was uh getting intimate with a lady in college my senior year of college and as you know i think i've told this on the pod before all through high school i used to vhs videotape the simpsons reruns Yes. And like with my remote and I'd hit stop at the commercials and I'd have to time it and hit record again. So I self edited the commercials out. So I just had like a shoebox filled of these 10 videotapes of the Simpsons episodes, which we, you know, we didn't have cable in college. It was just we like we lived in an off campus. So I'd, I'd play these whenever I just wanted to fall asleep to whatever. So I had the Bart's Comet episode on in the background while uh, a young lady was uh, having her way with the old cool breeze over here. <laughs> and I always, re I remember like laying back and hearing one of the jokes and being like, ah, and she's like, what's so funny. I'm like, no, no, nothing. Not you. Go back. Shut up. You can't compete. Do you ever, do you have, that's a good topic. I could do a couple where, uh, there's, Ooh, look at that group. Lisa, there's, there's a database with the red glasses. Uh, I couldn't name them all, but cosine email. <laughs> One of them is supposed to be like, it's Pat from Saturday Night Live. Uh, they're, they're ham, email, cosine, report card, database, and Lisa. Ah, it's <laughs> and so funny. Friends. We are the super friends. Ham. Because <laughs> I enjoy ham radios. <laughs> show is so fucking brilliant. Uh, you mean, is there anything I remember hooking up to with something yeah. in the background? Having a little intimate moment and having your attention be taken away from something playing in the background. Because I was with my college girlfriend. Oh, apparently, I watch a lot of college sex TV. <laughs> I was at my college girlfriend's parents' house, 
and PCU was on in the background. And we were literally having sex in like her den. And I, there's that line when uh, what's Gary Busey's kid's name? And uh, 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 Jake Busey, Jake Busey. He plays the red. He plays Mersh. And he's just like, hey, man, we never made it to the uh, the uh, Funkadelic show. He's like, Mersh, you got to lay off the pipe, man. Clinton's playing right here. And at that moment, Jake Busey looks over. He goes, he looks at the stage. He looks back. He goes, he goes marvelous, marvelous. <laughs> and marvelous was always such a funny word to me. I literally burst out laughing while I was having sex with my girlfriend. Because <laughs> Mar- I got to start. Marvelous is an underused word. Marvelous uh, is a great marvel. word. Yeah. Um, I did, the only thing I can remember is I think I was trying to get this girl to watch Goodfellas one time when I was in like in my twenties and we're watching Goodfellas at a house and I she wanted to make out and I just kept watching yeah. Goodfellas and she got really uh, <laughs> mad at me and I don't think she kicked me out but she was like threatening to kick me out of her house. No, I'm sorry, sweetie. It's a Ms. Martin Scorsese masterpiece. Uh, yeah, I made out before. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Marvelous. <laughs> I wish you could hear it. but that but that that same girl i remember it more because it was we were watching i remember like the first time watching a movie and she smelled like popcorn this girl wow i mean no wonder you hooked up with her (laughs) (laughs) how about that that's a good question he's aphrodisiac You know, they always say oysters. Yeah, yeah she's got a good scent of a movie popcorn. Like, yeah, she's cute, but she smells like hamburger. <laughs> she's like a side of beef. <laughs> um, how about that? Is there what's the best smell that you ever that you like the best smell that if you smell it today, it reminds you of somebody from the past, like immediately. I, I couldn't name them. I don't know the names of, uh, perfumes, of the perfumes. Yeah. But they say scent is the most uh, triggers the most memories. And there are a few girls. If I smelled their certain uh, odor, if you will, it'll bring me right back to. Yeah, same here. I had the same thing. I also have it with like other things like the other day they were like working on the the asphalt somewhere when they had they had, oh. the trucks were like laying it down. And the minute I smelt oh. it, I thought yeah. of, oh, I see a suburban. Jenna Robinson, both- 1994. <laughs> smelled the exact same way. No, I'm saying I'm just remembering like riding my bike. Like I remember like yeah. the oh, smell, the tar smell or whatever you want to call it, like the asphalt smell. Yeah, yeah. Fresh oh, like burning asphalt, yeah. summertime, riding your bike in the suburbs. It took me right back to yep. like uh, like a moment of me on my bike. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, so back to this thing. So this movie was just like a bad. There's movies that are like good, bad. This is like on the borderline between just plain bad and good, bad, because there was a lot of it that was just nonsense. But you wanted to watch it more and more because you're like, I want to watch how bad right, like, it, like half the movie is this them running around trying to find each other. Like, it's just them. They get separated for this bullshit reason where yeah, uh, it's just a compilation of other things. It's like War of the Worlds, Bart's Comet. Like, and also they're trying to make the characters more interesting by having by having the kid have type one diabetes. Right. Well, it's and then, not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. And then they get to like they, they get picked for this like government program thing where they're saving certain people so they can help the future and they get there and then she goes my husband she goes he just went to get my son's medicine they're like what medicine what are you talking about and they're like oh i'm sorry we can't, we can't baby Ruth. Like, so they, they're like they get rid of the kid because he has an illness because the future they don't want any well, the genetically they don't want any type one diabetes bars and he's fine 
<laughs> you know, with a fucking. That's what I said. I'm like, you're on, future is this? You're in the government program. You don't think they'll have insulin waiting I for you? It's like the most the- common thing. <laughs> so that's like problem that one. Scientists sitting around. You don't think one of them's got a type two? Come on. So they get separated because of that, and then there's a, a scene where uh, they get helped, quote unquote. Every one of these movies has something like this. The couple that seems nice yeah. for about. Right, about 15 course, minutes and, then, and yeah. the 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 um the husband of the couple was roy from the office motive the roy from the office the guy that was in mayor of east town well, yeah. he plays the dad in this in this car and then he starts to realize he goes man it, like you see him get more and more evil as they're driving he goes i can't believe they turned away your kid with, with a face like that and i'm like is he gonna molest the kid as well as like take his bracelet to get into this government this government program thing so they 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 steal the kid. They they kick the mom out of the car and they steal the kid. And then uh-huh. you're thinking there's going to be this big showdown where the mom and the dad reunite and they go get the kid back in this couple, which would have been way more fun. But the kid, they just try to get into one of these planes that's saving people with the kid. And then the kid's like, they're not my parents. And they just arrest them immediately. So the thing gets resolved in like five minutes. It's so yeah. stupid. Labyrinth kid. So then out of nowhere, the whole like. The, the couple, they mentioned the couple like almost divorcing in the beginning of the movie. And then out of nowhere, the, mo- the mom's like, she's trying to text the dad and like, I'm going to go to my dad's, like the kid's grandpa. I'm going to go to his house. I'm going to go to his house. So just they have the worst editing. The, the dad, Gerard Butler, just breaks into somebody's house that already left their house because of the apocalypse. He gets their keys, leaves them a note that I'll bring back your car, which isn't happening. Like. Tells them that. Then they show him driving for 30 seconds and then he's not even, or not. It's still nice to have manners. I'll say yeah, that. it's true. But they show him driving for five seconds and he's at the dad's house. He's just at like wherever he was doing. He just got to the dad. He was like around the corner from the dad's house. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it was. season Game of Thrones travel. <laughs> exactly. So he walks in and you don't know you that it's such a short trip. You don't even know that it's the dad's house. So the dad is just sitting there with like three of his friends. So you're just like are these guys who just are squatting at this house like where is he like what what is going on and then the dad gets in his face right away about how he treated his daughter and you're like but you never set this part of the movie up like you don't know that dad doesn't like gerard butler it's just really dumb really fucking dumb so sounds like a pass it's a pass it's a big it should be a big pass uh the thing and of course they make it to greenland that's that's why it's called that because uh-huh. that's where the bunkers are. They were the bunkers that were set up in, in the Cold War to sa- save humanity from nuclear bombs. They're using them for the future of the human race. So they show them uh, um, in the bunkers. They don't know if the thing's going to destroy the bunkers. It doesn't. And nine months later, they get out. Everything's destroyed. But they show them smiling and birds chirping. And like they, yeah, and the they 28 just, days later, I mean, how many movies are they going to rip off? Holy hell. It was bad, man. It was bad. It was a bad apocalypse movie. Jesus Christ. Gerard fucking Butler, huh? But I was like, I was like audibly laughing during the movie. I was like, I couldn't believe how, how like, it was just so fucking bad. So well, bad. you put that other actress in there. I'd, I'd watch the whole thing, too, just to get a glimpse of her. Well, that was the that was the goal there. I was just excited to see her. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched something and I realized it's just a fun movie. It's just a good, solid rewatch. Um, Unstoppable. Have you ever seen it? The train the runaway. Yes, train? I did. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun it's one. It's good. It's fun. It, I, yeah. I've seen the whole thing before. I know what happens, 
but it's just got it moves well. It's got a great cast, and it's just a fun, great little hero story. Denzel, See, that's, Chris Pine. That's an example. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris Pine Rosario, and Denzel. Dawson, yeah. TJ Miller. And, and uh, I think it's the it's Tony Scott. Tony Scott did it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those movies that when I I can't believe it got greenlit because they're like, so it's just a train that and and uh, Ethan Suplé is the guy who That's fucks up. The, of course, they have the big fat guy mess up. I know. And Thanks he, a lot for that. He, let, he, he lets the train go and then it yeah. just is unstoppable. Like it seems like if you, even if you look at the poster, look up the poster for unstoppable. <laughs> it looks like a fake movie for that people are pitching in a real movie like it looks like they're like pitching unstoppable but it's like a joke about a runaway train because you know trains are an old-timey thing you know whatever it is so but it's actually a really quality fun cool like yeah it's almost like a take it's like a uh, like a take on speed but like a different take on it you know like like you know that kind of thing yeah um but yeah so you you rewatched it that that's you know what that is also dude that's a Flip test, uh, a lazy Saturday. I'm going to watch this and just veg out. Exactly what can, it was. I can check my phone when I need to. I can I can stop it when sure I need it was to. Saturday. Yeah, you would have loved it. There was a commercial every eight minutes. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's exactly what I'm pretty sure it was. I was just like killing time before I had to go out and do spots. And it had that perfect lead in where I was like, all right, six o'clock. Perfect. The movie's going to end. I hop in the shower and I hit the town. It was perfect. They should just keep doing movies, runaway movies like that about different, like newer forms of transportation. Like they're like city bike. It's a city bike with a mind of its own. Like they just, <laughs> just do. They just yeah. keep going. Uber. Vespa. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just Vespa. But then, like the movie's three minutes long because they're like, yeah, it's it's just a Vespa. We'll just wait till. Like- and you know, you're not even far off because they did that. I don't know the name of it, but it was like a messenger bike thriller a few years ago. <laughs> oh. Wait, was that the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I never saw it. I think that's right. I, I think that's right. I saw that. That was like bike messenger thriller, but there wasn't a runaway yeah. bike messenger. It was like he got caught in like intrigue or something like that. Uh, whatever. whatever. He, had, he was holding on to certain, uh, you know, materials that other bad guys wanted and he had to deliver them or something. It would actually that would actually be a great plot to have a bike messenger serial killer. That'd actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. And it'd be yeah. kind of creepy because, because half those guys are assholes. Anyway, the, the amount of times that you just, you by accident, you're in a, you're in like uh, your foot's yeah, in a bike lane. They go move, move. Yes. Oh, it's uh. so frustrating. I, some guy did that. It was actually pretty funny. I'm downtown. There's a bike lane. I'm not I even near a it. A couple run-ins myself. Yeah, same here. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the one in it. But there's like a ten year old kid in the way who's like walking across the street, and he goes out of the way, out of the, right? And he, the guy's coming down, and there's some old guy, probably like seven years old, next to the city bike. He's like getting a city bike for himself, and he goes, "Fuck you!" Like just under his breath, <laughs> he just goes, "Fuck you!" <laughs> but they, but like the bike messenger wasn't even talking to him. Oh, there it is, Premium Rush. Yeah, I Premium saw this Rush. thing. Yeah, it's got uh, the guy from the Daily Shows in it too. The, the Indi- uh, I don't know if he's Indian, but Middle Eastern guy from um, or, or Indian Asif Manvi. Yeah, who is a <laughs> terrible actor. Terrible oh, actor. Oh, he was good. Oh, did you really? So I didn't think yeah. so. I don't. Well, yeah. maybe not in that. I, didn't I, see I it, think but. he acts like he does his Daily Show segments. <laughs> I always I was, maybe I was. I always enjoyed him when he was with John Stewart in the Daily Show. He had oh yeah, no, he's a funny guy. I'm just saying. In this, I was like. 
I was he treated it like um the grizzled uh captain from like a Beverly Hills oh, cop, but he's like the head of the bike messengers. Like he was every time every time Joseph Gordon Levitt comes back in, he's like, You were supposed to be there by two. I'm gonna take your badge. Like it was just like, you know, just awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm trying to think of why haven't there been more like UPS serial killer, like delivery <laughs> guy serial. You think they'd have access to people's maybe I'm just not in with the uh serial killer stats, but you'd gotta think there'd be one UPS, FedEx, delivery guy, real life serial killer. Or we could write this movie th- this week. <laughs> I think we need to write uh the Segway serial killer. I think that would be but the tagline is he just has to figure out how to use it and then he'll start killing people. Like it just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like you know, yeah, I would I would be so I can't wouldn't be able to use one of those things. I feel like he'd be like all right, just wait, just wait right there, wait there. Like he's just <laughs> he almost got away with it, but he couldn't figure out how. <laughs> he's just going back and forth on the fucking thing. I could never ride those things either. I just end up going back and forth on the fucking thing and then it tip over like a fat fucking top. <laughs> they just catch him. Like the cops would just show up and he's like, I can't get this thing going. They're like, <laughs> the cops, <laughs> they go, we let him go because we just felt too bad for him. <laughs> like, we made him a bet. If you can get out of here on the Segway, we'll, we won't arrest you for that murder. The Segway serial killer. The Segway serial killer would be a great movie. He'd be like, the corniest serial killer around. <laughs> he's, uh, let him. What'd you say, Mike? What'd you I'm say? Good, but, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, to answer Andy's question, um, most delivery drivers and long haul truckers, that uh, it is very common for them to do that in terms of serial killers, but they're more across country, not within city. That makes sense. Oh, so they're killing people. So it's like truck drivers. There's a lot of truck drivers. There's like there hasn't been a really famous one. You know, like you hear about Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, or you hear about, you know, the, the son of Sam. You'd think you'd hear about the the semi tractor trailer terror, you know. Well, they like did. Well, who's the woman from Monster uh, with Charlie? Oh, Theron? that's right. Yeah, I think she was a truck driver. You, yeah, blue collar or something. I want to hear about the ice cream truck driver killer. I want to hear about the guy oh, who well, drives an ice cream truck. Was, that, well, that was, that was Dexter. Kid, um, you know, urban, yeah. urban myth where you go, yeah. This well, that's also. Uh, uh, spawn, you know, the uh, oh, the is it? I never saw cast, Spawn, one of the worst comic book movies of all. They could have done such a uh, what should have been, yeah. John, John like, was that uh, yeah, and he's like a child molesting ice cream man, <laughs> yeah. That, that movie bombed, huh? It's so bad, and it was such a cool comic, such a cool comic. That was like the first time from what I, I remember when I, that's around the time I was into comics. So I remember yeah, Todd McFarlane was doing Spider-Man yep. and there, he, he did the best spot looking Spider-Mans. And then he started that. I think he started like image comics. Right. And then he started Spawn. Right. Yeah. Spawn was his idea. Yeah. yeah. But my then the, friend, the movie died. Yeah. My dumb friend, Chris, I was the same starting to get into comic books and he goes, this is the next generation. This is the next thing. Collect all these right now. <laughs> these will be worth millions one day. So I have like five of each of like the first five issues of Spawn. Hey, you ever look worth, them up? They're worth pennies. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I'm like, he was, this was his 401k, you know? That's like my mom when she was like, I got you the pets.com puppet, but you can't open it. You just have to put it in your closet. It's going to be worth a lot of money. Remember the pets.com bubble thing when, oh, yeah. it was like when it was crashing and then like I, they must have had it in a store and she, Michael Ian Black was the voice. I used to love those commercials. Yep. And then she was like, save it though. And I was like, I think I was like 13 and I'm like, well, I'm still a kid. I still want to open it and like mess with it. And I think I didn't for a long time. And then finally, at some point I was like, this thing's not worth shit. And I just un, un opened it up and just fucked around with it and then probably chucked it, chucked it out, whatever. So issue number one, May 92 cover price, 195. Great cover. I'm bringing it uh, current value. $30. Oh, that's actually not that bad. So times that's five. Yeah, I've made a, you know, made some money. Thirty dollars. I, I was expecting it to be like we're a dollar ninety, like a five cents less than the cover price, whatever it is. That's actually not that bad. Thirty dollars. I can get you. I can get you a couple of dinners. I have uh, the nineteen eighty four OPG complete set, which has a mint condition Mario Lemieux rookie card in it, which is super rare and is worth a couple grand. I think. Really? Yeah, in my mom's house. I have it. Hmm. And I want I, I always want to go back and get it graded because it's like the top grade. It's been in a plastic shield since I bought it in like the early 90s. So if it's got like the highest grade, I think it's probably worth like 15 grand or something like that. Really? dude? Yeah, it's like it's because the company is, doesn't exist anymore. That's all these collected. It's all just the rarest. It's all rare. That's how the price of skyrocket. You should you look know? it up. You should look it up and see what it is. Yeah, I well, I think it depends. It really, it all depends on the quality of the card. Like, but you uh, have, but nobody's touched it in twenty five years. Nobody's touched it, and I also haven't seen it in a while. And Marianne swears that it's all safely put in the attic. But uh, I don't know. That's the card. There it is, right there. It's oh, not see, a very Buster, exciting card. But see... that's that's OPG. That's Mario Lemieux, nineteen eighty four. It's, it's I have it in that exact plastic case. That is exactly what mine would look like. Um. If you guys can look it up, I'm so curious. What's a mint condition OPG Mario Lemieux? I would love to find out what that is. If I'm if you say can... like fifteen grand, fifteen thousand. Wow. I'm gonna put it. I gotta down be honest. On a uh, horse. <laughs> You're gonna buy a horse. I got a beautiful Palomino. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of that, uh, which I I got to um, Sopranos in my head. Serial killer. A weird segue from serial killer. Speaking of oh, horses, I was thinking of Piomai. Uh, let's talk. I'm guessing you must have oh, watched the trailer. I sure have. I sure have. I've watched it a few times at this point. The Many Saints of Newark trailer. And it's called Many Saints of Newark, a Soprano story, which right, I didn't right. think was the original title. Gandolfini's um, kid. This, with Gandolfini's kid, who le- le- looks, you know, it's come on, man. It looks so, just yeah. like him. Uh, from now, the things I've heard about this movie when it's being filmed is that. Like this, he's he's good. He's just like his dad, like not that like doing an impression of Tony Soprano, but he gets acting like he's he understands yeah. it. He's been good um, in the other stuff I've seen him in. So the trailer, Andy, what what was your impression? Do you think it looks good? I I hate saying this about trailers because trailers always have a way of misleading you. Yes, but it looks do. a little corny to me on first watch. Well, you wonder. Uh, so, my friend Chris Conway, who I don't know if you, I don't know if you know Chris, I don't but know um, what's up? Double, Double C. I don't know if I know. <laughs> Double C. Uh, he was asking me. He goes, "What do you think of it?" I go, "I dig it." After like the second or third watch. Yeah, it, right? I only watched it once. 
So, but one of the great points he brought up is he goes like, the only thing is from the trailer, I'm hoping it was, it's as subtle as the show was, but I don't know if they can do that because it's a movie. When they do a movie, they have to hit harder. Things have to be broader. Uh, also, if they're like doubling down the nostalgia of this thing. So I don't, I think it's a trailer mishap that it looks that I, like welcome to Sopranos, like, like, you know, like that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm hoping I think the actual movie will read like just a movie. Yes, and that's also why I didn't watch the trailer more than once because I also just know I just want to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I don't really want to see too much of this stuff and have my opinion dissuade in any way. So movies like that, I go, I don't I like to go in fresh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Death I agree. I think it would. Be- <laughs> wow, you you have it like locked in. You're like you like. <laughs> Even my um, name this week. I go Moses, smell the roses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I, I, there's no way I'm not going to see it. Like it's, you know, yeah, of course. And that's why it's smart them calling it a Soprano story because you probably will have people that don't realize it's a Sopranos movie because people don't pay attention to pop culture as much as uh, guys right. in their 40s who do stand up comedy. <laughs> um, but the other thing I wanted to mention is I was seeing a lot of articles and headlines about, you know, Tarantino is giving a lot of interviews because he came in with a once upon a time in Hollywood novel, which apparently uh-huh. uh, expands on the Bruce Lee fight scene. Uh, they asked him about the the criticism he got from people about the saying that Bruce Lee was like a, a shithead or whatever. And he goes, besides Bruce Lee's family, his sister, everybody else can suck my dick. <laughs> like, Good. Tarantino is almost like the South Park guys. He does not give a shit great he doesn't care that that guy at all anyway the other thing that was brought up is and i'm not going to say either way apparently in the novel because i did read the articles i found out which is true they tell you if cliff booth actually killed his wife and uh like like straight up killed his wife on that boat with the with the shark gun they say yes or no either way i'm not going to tell which one it is but uh pretty much implied yeah it is in it a is, very humorous but, way but it know? also is done as like it would have it's really cool the idea that it's a rumor and it would have been so funny if the story because tarantino does that a lot where like there's a story that's not shown where like he's he, he's just he points it at her head but doesn't do anything like if they were to extend that right. scene and then he goes up behind her and then does nothing and then just you know they get divorced or she yeah. dies slips on a whatever that's normally how those things would go you know yeah uh but i thought it was cool that he's bringing up that and one of the things I mentioned to you that I wanted to bring up was the fact that um, I don't know if Steve Buscemi was just asked because Tarantino's in the news or this is just on my news feed uh, because I was looking up the Tarantino stuff. Apparently, Buscemi was asked about uh, he brought up his his ideas of what happened to Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs and oh, his nice what he wants to be the case. Now, Tarantino, I don't think ever confirmed this, but you have to wonder because it's too on the nose for it not to be a thing. Buscemi. So uh, for those of you, what I'm referring to, which all of you shouldn't know, everybody knows Reservoir Dogs at the end. I am a big proponent. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, I think you don't know what happened to Mr. Mr. Pink. No, if you don't see no, his dead not. body. You don't know what happened, but a lot of, of people not. think he's dead because they hear the shots. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Shoot a whole movie. He exactly, and he got away from the robbery, and they probably they were shooting at him, you know. So anyway, the theory is uh, Buscemi's theory is that um, Mr. Pink gets away and has to go into hiding, and in po- and poetic justice style of Tarantino, yeah. 
that is him in the Pulp Fiction scene when they're at Jack Rabbit's limbs as the Buddy Holly waiter, which yeah. would make it perfect poetic justice so perfect. because he doesn't tip and he's an asshole. And there, there he is. There he is. So the fact I can't imagine, just like the other thing that I brought up a while ago, the Reservoir Dogs, about Mr. Orange not being the rat in that diner scene. There's no way Tarantino didn't do that on purpose, and he just never talked about it, or he was never asked about it. Because a lot Even of these guys, there's not a connection. It's still a funny, like, character connection. Oh, it's great. Connection of Tarant, you know, just like because we know it's the same who, universe. Yeah. The fact that there was going to be a movie, the, the Vega Brothers, uh, with Vince, Vincent Vega, and Vic Vega. Uh, the fact that was going to be a movie means that Pulp Fiction yeah. and Reservoir Dogs takes place in the same world. And I right. think a lot of the, whatever you see also yeah, once upon a time in crossover too. Once upon a time in Hollywood does too because they have red apple cigarettes and also they have another one also he um, a lot of stuff. Sure. He, yeah, all of that. A lot of the movies. Uh, the one with um, the why can't I always think of it? The one in the fucking old west one. Um, the hey, name. Flight. What's the name of? Uh, what? Hey, Flay. Uh, one of the people is a relative of a, a character from the future of a, yep. of a either. I in believe Pulp there's a hateful eight Django connection too. Yeah, I'm one sure there the is. I'm sure over. there is. So, the, so this is very possible. This is just the same. Yeah. Same character. I. I. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Has any Buscemi has been in more of the great of more of my favorite movies than probably any one actor. Oh yeah, he's in a reservoir. Ton of them. Pulp Fiction, uh, Lebowski, fucking. I can't think of any more off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fargo, Fargo, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Well, that's why I was thinking that maybe that is the, the you know, these guys these do this stuff on purpose because apparently the Sopranos. These are the Sopranos. Yeah, the shut the fuck up Donnie from Big Lebowski was because he his character wouldn't stop talking in, in Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I've heard that too as well. There we go. Quentin Tarantino characters that Billy are actually. Madison. Oh, here we go. Oh, now. Oh, damn it. What does it say? Django and. Ah, Broomhilda von uh, John Shet. And John Shaft. Mm. Oh, they're, but they're not that. But John Shaft isn't in a Tarantino movie. That's not the one I had in mind either. Gerald like, and super size. Who's character. Gerald? Oh, Gerald and, oh, Gerald Marvin, and Marvin Nash. Nash. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Can we go through on this whole list? Yeah. Can we go down? Was can you read 12 it? 12 out of 12, 11. Gerald and Marvin Nash. That's great. Who's Gerald? The, 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 from, um, uh, in, the, um, the, the, the sheriff from, uh, in, what do you call it? Reservoir from, Dogs. Uh, the other no, um, from, from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, no, no, uh, uh, Natural Born Killers. Oh, right. Oh, okay. oh, oh, that's oh. wow. That's great. And here we go, Lawrence and oh, Jimmy Dimmick. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. So, Mister, oh, that's crazy. So Harvey Keitel and Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Larry and Jimmy with the coffee and Pulp Fiction are related. They have the same last name. No, yeah, I had no Jimmy, idea. You got what? this gourmet shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is great. This is for, and then Captain Coons Captain and, Coons Crazy and Crazy Craig, Craig Coons. Coons. Oh, from uh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's um, uh, 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 Inglorious Bastards and then Hateful Eight. Yep. Your father's watch. Or is, yeah. Uh, Damn. Seymour and Jack Scagnetti. I knew about yeah, this one. We knew that one. We knew that one. Yeah, Natural Born Killers and um, 
And then Scagnetti. he's not even shown in the other movie, Seymour Scagnetti. Uh, he's mentioned in Reservoir Dogs. The Maynards. Who are the Maynards? Relationship, great, great, great grandfather and great, great, great and, grandson. Uh, the guy who the runs Man- Zed's accomplice in um, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Maynard. Is, uh, sod- sodomites. Yeah. Um, Dr. King and Paula Schultz. Dr. King. Of- oh, okay, yeah. That's a good one. Christoph Waltz in, uh, and the, and the fake. Yeah. And then the, the, the um, wife. That's what and they're saying. It is. Oh, that's his wife is where uh, what um, what's her name? Uma Thurman gets Uma buried. Thurman. Yeah. Oh, that's really wow. Cool. I didn't know. That's a big one. one. <laughs> that's a great one. Wow. All right, that's keep going. So cool. I'm, a, I'm as giddy as a schoolgirl right now. Um, Earl and Earl Edgar and McGraw. Edward that McGraw. yeah, that makes. I figured those guys were yeah the same because that's yeah. the same same actor, right? No. Um. Esmeralda and Gabriel. Yeah, oh, that's really from um, Death Proof, I think. I never saw that. What's next? Uh, Donnie. Donnie and Lee Donowitz. Oh, yeah. True that's Romance. Good one. Lee Donowitz. That's a good one. The Donowitz, yeah. The Bear Jew. <laughs> What's the next one? Uh, b- 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 the English Pete and Archie. Archie. Yeah. Oh, Okay. English Pete is from um, uh, Django, and Archie is no, from English Pete is uh, Hateful Eight. Oh, Hateful Eight. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking and he's one of the background guys. He, and then uh, what do you call it? Archie um, is from Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. He's that's the one. one. It's uh, one. Michael. Uh, what's his name? Plays a Michael uh, Fassbender. Fassbender, who's fantastic as that guy. So yeah, what a fucking scene that is. It's such a great. He goes well. If this is hey, it, chap, one we all we all you mind if one. I'm Vic and Vic. If I go out speaking the the kings, <laughs> yeah, and then Vic and yeah, Vic and, Vic and yeah. So yeah, he has that in mind. It's it's all the same. I love it's that. all one big universe. So I also, wasn't that. there a theory that the Kill Bill is the pilot that Uma Thurman talks about in um in uh in, maybe it's not because it's not the same same exact, but the pilot that she says she's part of in Pulp Fiction. Uh, it is Kill Bill is like along those lines. It's like she talks about the five Fox Force women, Five, Fox Force Five. But it's yeah. So I've never heard they, that. I'm I'm having trouble finding the connection. I'm not sure what you mean. Well, they she talked about all what the what the different women did, and I think it aligns with a couple of the different women oh, as gotcha. part of the, the oh, Kill Bill ones. Bill's she, crew, the yes. one she goes through. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. that's fun. Because she says she, at one point she says one of them was great with with explosives, and I think it's Daryl Hannah. I think she like she blows up the church. It's like yes. one of those kind of things. Like yeah, French Fox. <laughs> but it might be loosely based. It might be loosely loosely based. Uh, I love French that Fox. Stuff. Her specialty was sex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love that stuff. Oh yeah, because that would have been Sophie. Yeah, ex- yeah. A- a- yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you guys, if you guys know, I would love to hear more. Doesn't even be Tarantino movie connections. Any movie universe connections that nobody knows about that anybody picked up, tweeted us at yeah. uh, the DYM podcast or Instagram message us or whatever or tag us in a story on Instagram with the clip. Let us know because I love this stuff. I would love to hear more uh, uh, movie connections because it makes me get so much more into the movie. <laughs> yes. I would also love to know the movies that you guys were making love to as well. That's what I'm interested <laughs> in also. <laughs> it's a fun topic. That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Usually, you, you, usually if you're trying to get amorous with a lady, sometimes you throw on a movie and that leads. It, it's the classic 
Go, does you know, Buster does Buster have one? Buster, did you have one that you remember where you're trying to you're getting distracted by the TV show or movie, and then she, the, the lady wants you to uh, pay attention to her and her her uh, her, her her prowess and her, her not even getting distracted, just something you, uh, you you have a famous lead into something like that because sometimes you'll bring a lady home, you know, you hey we'll throw in a movie, you throw the lights out, and uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, recently, a woman kept had Modern Family on. It was just very distracting. <laughs> yeah. Well, a brilliantly had written show. Street. <laughs> brilliantly written show. I could see why you'd be distracted. Also, let's be honest. You have to like follow like Modern Family. You have to like like yeah. the language. The jokes are like within the like. It's not just it's not Mr. Big Pong. Bang Theory. Let's put it that way. You know, these two gay guys Asian uh, adopting an Asian girl. He goes, can you believe what this world's coming to? <laughs> yeah that's what you found out political the, reasons that's, that's why you, you can't concentrate that's when you found out the girl you're dating is racist like <laughs> she's she just like oh yeah, come see, on this, this is just disgusting come on with all this gay stuff and you're like i'm sorry what like you're just <laughs> <laughs> well andrew fiore this was an absolute pleasure to see you what my friend way. Uh, can you tell the people where they can find the podcast i just said it yeah. but i'd like to reiterate it Reiterate. I love a reiteration. You can uh, find us anywhere. Fine. iTunes uh, podcasts are sold. And even though this one's for free, you know, wherever you guys do it, Spotify, iTunes, however you find, just type in the DYM podcast in the old Google search machine there. And uh, our names should pop up with our ugly mugs. Uh, Mug Costanza. So uh, you can always <laughs> follow us at the DYM podcast on social media. And you can follow my good pal Shawnee at Shawnee Time. Uh, and you can check out his show, Celebrate on Sirius XM Channel 99, Raw Dog, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. And uh, you want me to I'll do the I, whole thing this week if you want. Yeah, I know. I would like to tell them they can check out your show oh, okay. Thursdays at 4 p.m. It's called The Raw Report. It's hilarious. Uh, 4 p.m., same channel, uh, Raw Dog 99. Uh, take a listen to those shows. Take a listen to the backlog of, uh, blog of episodes we have for the podcast. We've been doing this for a while. Let us know what you think about the show at the DYM podcast. Uh, also, thank you to the laugh button. That's at the laugh button, all your social media. Follow them. They, they give you all sorts of updates on comedy and uh, uh, album tapesing, uh, tapings or albums that are coming out. A whole bunch of comedy related uh, material that you can follow on the social medias. Comedy and hit up, hit up the uh, the Buster Pommies, uh, the guy, hit up the, um, the Mike, I think it's at Mike, Mike, Mike V. Suarez, right, Mike? Yes, sir. At Mike V. Suarez on your Instagram and on your Twitter, I believe. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.